Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Donica Strange Riscano, author, speaker, and community leader, comes to you today with Recapture, the weekly program that gives a biblical perspective on living a Christ centered life as you walk through your recovery journey. Our focus is providing healing for the family with love, knowledge, forgiveness, and information. Welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in for another week of recapture. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Um, I'm super excited to be back and sharing this awesome information with you guys this morning. How are you doing this morning, Mom? Good morning, Essence. Yes, welcome back. So glad to have you with me. Uh, did you hear me last week holding it down by myself without you? <laughs> yes, I definitely I, listened I, in. I made it through. I was so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Before we get into this week's topics, the bountiful topics that we have for you guys today, let's do a, a quick recap. What you d- discussed last week, Mom, you discussed some current events, what's going on in the news, uh, COVID and things of that nature. Yes, we kind of, I kind of was giving it a, a basis of what was going on in the news with uh, the COVID-19, the wildfires in California as a matter of fact they have like a daily website that's dedicated to information relating to the wildfires the economy we t- last week we talked about the economy even though the economy is rec- is in recovery some people are still you know n- not working businesses right. are trying to navigate this new journey pivoting their business uh, making their online presence known and we talked about the president of the United States and the first lady Melania Trump getting diagnosed with the coronavirus as a matter of fact I talked about how the 27 people were affected by the coronavirus uh, by the time I got home and turned the TV on it said 34 I was like wow news is quick and yep. speedy it's updating so even at that point when, when we went to broadcast last week 34 other people that was associated with the uh, White House were diagnosed with COVID-19 and the first lady did an article this week and she even discussed that their son, Baron, was diagnosed with the coronavirus, even though all of them are now negative of the virus. I could say that that as a parent, I know what, uh, you know, scary things that could have, I can't imagine really, but I know it was a scary journey for her. Maybe a little bit of anxiety, anxiety. A lot of feelings, a lot of emotions going on. And then they showed a picture of Baron, and he's tall. He's tall. He's taller than his dad. I was like, wow. And they said he's 14 years old, but she got has recovery. And so she has recovery. The whole family there no longer have COVID-19. And on a part of our broadcast, we talked about live, laugh, and love. There's so much going on 
right now in the environment. And we talk about some heavy topics today, too, that I still want to offer that little bit of encouragement to live, laugh, and love. I would say, as we said last week, you deserve it. Right, right. And what you really said is super accurate, how quickly things in the news change. Like this week, there's like a pivot of what the the headline for the current event is. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, this week I was watching the news and everything was all things Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett, uh, the confirmation hearing for her to uh, be on the Supreme Court. So that's what we've been hearing about all week in the news. And they just talked about Amy uh, as an uh, American attorney that she served on the uh, as, as a circuit judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 7th District and that she was appointed by President um Donald Trump, and that she was confirmed October 31st, 2017. And guess what, Miss Coney Barrett? She's from New Orleans, Louisiana, my hometown. She has a lot of similarities to me in life. Wife, mother, raising a family uh, from the same city. We both are people of faith. Uh, So there's a lot going on, a lot of information with her, but all things Miss Amy this week in the news. It's crazy, crazy switch. Well, so let's go ahead and hop in um, to our topics for this week. Um, So I know that I like to, we like to engage with the audience. And so you did reach out to... um, your social media audience, you got some feedback. What was on their mind, you know, um, the forefront of their mind and what they wanted to talk about or hear about this week. Um, and so you did get a couple topics um, ranging from mental health, things regarding the church. And so where do you want to start with that Um as your moderator, um, I'm just here to support. You know, as your as the host, what, what direction do you want to take those conversations? Today we're going to kind of have like a, a, a mini roundtable. Yes, I like that. Okay, so we'll we'll call it uh, today. We will call it the diamond table. Okay, diamond table. Because you know, there's a red table talk, diamond table talk. We'll call it diamond table talk. Oh wow! Yes, diamond table talk. As the host of Recapture, and we talk about how we. Um, believe in the uh, recovery of things that have been lost or stolen. Mm -hmm. As the host, it is my job to share with you information that is important to our recovery community, but at times it's also important to share information that is important to you. So guess what? With all things, Amy, going on this week in the news, our audience that that's not what was the, on the forefront of their minds. Our audience is still talking about COVID in terms of we go to church on Sundays, being in virtual service or being in per, in person, and some people also wanted to talk about mental health issues, and that's where the diamond table talk is going to be going on this week. That's what we're going to talk about. And you know what? I actually think. Both those top topics go hand in hand. Um, as we had our um, expert on a few weeks ago, Miss Monica Strange, she did discuss the influx of uh, suicides and um, drug overdose and things of that nature in this COVID time. Everything right now is 
at a heightened level. Uh, so I definitely think your mental health and the relationship people are able to have with their church family is is, is crucial. And so we get started diving in here just to lay out a few definitions of some different things, some different mental uh, disorders. Okay, yeah, so what I would say to you is that first we'll go over, um, we'll talk about mental illness. And um, mental illness, it requires a medical diagnosis. It's a feeling of not only being sad, but a persistent sadness. You have a loss of interest. Uh, Sometimes it's characterized by major depression, and it leads to a range of behavioral and uh, physical symptoms. Um, You have changes in your sleep, appetite, energy level, concentration, even doing uh, daily activities or daily uh, behavior. It affects your self-esteem. At time, even uh, depression can also be associated with suicide. So while we while we're going to be talking about the clinical components of mental illness, we also are going to give some information of uh, information from how it relates to the Bible as well. Okay. And it's so interesting, um, just when thinking about the the environment and circumstances that everyone is under as a result of COVID, we want to get back to normal, but the talk is that there's there's a new normal. And so something that I um, saw on my social media, and no, I don't, I'm not a, a social media advocate, and, you know, that's my source of all information. No, I actually read and study on other topics. But I saw something very interesting, and it, and it was stating that um, there were influx of um People went to therapy and they were thinking that their life was just out of control, but that was really correlating back to anxiety and depression, you know. Uh, but, but go ahead, Mom. And before we get started going over the information, I, I do want to say, uh, say a prayer. I was going to say a quick prayer, but no, we we're going to say a prayer before we get started. Lord Jesus, we just come before you on this morning, thanking you, Lord God, that we can be a light and a witness in dark places, Lord God, that we can help to let people know that they are not alone, that they do not have to be ashamed, that there are people and voices that are advocating for them and with them and that we're holding their hands with them on their journey. For those of us that are getting a better understanding, God, we ask you to uh, lighten our path and um, be a God even to us on this morning that we share with boldness who you are in our lives as a healer. And we thank you and we say these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay. So um, some of the different diagnoses, it says anxiety. You just talked about anxiety and panic attacks. Is It says it's a normal emotion that we all experience. You might think of anxiety as feeling stress, tense, worried, uneasy, or scared. Uh, most of these times, these emotions are not a problem. And uh, another uh, diagnosis is that bipolar disorder is a mood disorder that can cause extreme periods of low, depressed, and high manic moods. Uh, bipolar used to be called manic depression. 
Okay, and then we also have uh, depression, and that's when someone experiences a low mood that lasts for a long time and affects their everyday life. Um, there's also eating disorders, and that is when someone has unhealthy thoughts, feelings, and behaviors around food. OCD, um, o- obsessive-compulsive disorder, is a diagnosis given to someone who experiences obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors and we have personality disorders that can affect how a person copes with day-to-day life and manages relationships as well as how they feel and behave post-traumatic stress disorder is a diagnosis given to people who develop a certain set of symptoms following a traumatic event i think a lot of times we kind of hear the term ptsd like relating to like war, war and yeah. things of like that, but it 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 doesn't say it says traumatic. a traumatic event. Right. So it could be other diagnoses. I heard someone talking about that, and they said that that the clinician told them that they they had PTSD, and so that was uh, the, the main thing is getting diagnosed and getting treatment for it. And what I, and really when you're when you're saying a traumatic event. Um, we are not clinicians. Um, as as a comic relief, my uh, history professor, uh, my freshman year in college, he said, "If you read a book on it, you're an expert." So we can say we may be subject matter experts because this is things that we have um, researched along these lines. Um, but it's just something to think about what one individual deems as traumatic, another individual may not, and so that is to say the people that are in your life that you're close to don't minimize their experiences and how they feel because just because a certain thing wouldn't bother you personally on a certain degree or to a certain level does not mean that they are gravely impacted. I know uh, a few years ago when I was in my preteen adolescent years, it was a big talk and even still relevant now, the impact of violent video games, if that was making youth be more violent um, and inclined to act out violent behavior because of the video games. And, you know, that's well, I guess it's more of a discussion now, but people my age, like we grew up playing violent video games and we're not out there doing that. But this is that's different. You're different people, different eras and things like that. I don't advocate violent video games. <laughs> uh, that's our disclaimer. disclaimer. Yes, that's our disclaimer. And um, so we're talking about different areas of different types of mental illnesses. And uh, it says psychosis is a term used to describe when a person perceives the world in a different way to those uh, than those around them. This can include how a person will experience, um, believe, or view things. And uh, schizoaffective disorder is a mental illness that affects a person's moods, thoughts, and behavior. Around 1 in 200, that's a significant statistic, around 1 in 200 people develop schizoaffective disorder at some point in their life. Uh, Schizophrenia is a mental illness that affects a person the way they think. It affects 1 in 100 people. And those type of diagnoses, they are diagnosed by a psychiatrist. Um, we're going to pause uh, for this one. It says, self-harm is when someone purposely hurts themselves in order to cope with intense emotional distress. And also, the final thing is suicidal feelings or suicidal attempts 
when someone uh, intentionally takes their own lives or attempts to take their own life, and that can be very complex. Essence, can you give us the information for the National Suicide Prevention? Yes. Before before I do provide that information, I kind of to 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 bring it back to the uh, core of recapture when we are talking about um, a journey to um, from drug addiction and um, alcohol abuse. When we look at self-harm and say someone purpose, purposely hurts themselves, and that's usually to cope with intense emotional distress. Well, I was having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine, and it was kind of comical. And, you know, they were sharing an experience they had, and, and they were indulging in recreational um, drugs. And they said to themselves, they told me, they thought to themselves, either these drugs aren't that good or I'm really depressed. And I'm like, yeah, you were probably really depressed. You were probably really going through some things. And so I know we don't think um, about drug use and alcohol um, and substance abuse in general as a form of self-harm. But these things have detrimental effects on your body physically. You know, if you have long-term drug use, long-term, if you are an alcoholic for, you know, 20, 30 years, 10 years, whatever, um, time frame, you can, uh, is it liver failure or kidney failure? You know, those things um they have a physical effect on your body. And so I'm not I'm not saying that you are trying to self-harm yourself, but think a little bit deeper about what you're going through and how you're choosing to cope with those things. Now, um, we do have the information for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. And um, they also have a website, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And you can actually go there if you want to volunteer. They have um, 170 locations across the U.S. where you can volunteer in different capacities. And they also have on their website the ability to um, chat online. Now, let's get a little bit into the... Yes, and so while we are talking about... um, um mental health and mental illness. Uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness says about 46 million Americans have some type of uh, mental illness-related issue per year, but we do want to offer some encouragement that these things are, are treatable. It says clinical uh, depression is treated by a medical profession, uh, that it usually resolves within a few months. It does require medical diagnosis, and sometimes uh, lab tests are used to determine exactly what's going on. So, yes, you're feeling some kind of way. You may feel some periods of sadness. Don't, self, don't self-diagnose. Get Seek treatment for what you're going through. Um, anxiety also is treated by a medical professional. Uh, it, it says a lot of times anxiety is self-diagnosed. Um, and a lot of times when you're going through, we talk about anxiety in scriptures too in a minute, um, that you, excuse me, pardon me, that you don't get lab work for that. And for bipolar disorders, uh, these are chronic conditions, may even be lifelong and it does require um, uh, a medical diagnosis. And on the faith-based side, uh, when, when we say, um, you know, yeah, so really 
what 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 does the Bible say about mental illness? Even though the the word mental illness is not mentioned in the Bible, we can see places and times where people are experiencing um, despair, hopelessness, depression, or loneliness. David is one. We know the story of Jonah. We certainly mm-hmm. know the story of um, Job in the mm-hmm. Bible. So. Right. When we are people of faith, we're Christians, and we say, oh, it's not in the Bible. And we want to say, uh, don't discourage someone from seeking medical attention for their mental health issues. And that what can we do to support people um, on their recovery, on their mental health journey? Because mental illness can have be a result of something physical or even spiritual warfare, because right. I was reading instance, you know what they talked about? It says sometimes we have uh, peers of sadness and we go through things for things that we did ourselves. Right. But Romans 8 and 1 says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So when we're going through things, we have to know that we're not condemned by the enemy. Mm-hmm. And also we have periods of sadness, depression, or uh, some type of mental illness because of things that were done to us. Right. Maybe you were a victim of crime. Something happened to you in your life. But healing is uh, possible. Essence gave the National Suicide mm-hmm. Hotline. Hot, Lifeline, she lifeline. said. I thought that was powerful. Yeah, lifeline. This is a lifeline, but also we have to use our resources within the church as well. And yes, and so um, we're definitely going to have to continue this discussion. These are very important topics, and I don't want to shortchange the information. But as I said, I think that mental health um, in the relation to our um, relationship with the church is important because, as we said, the um, my mom's social media audience just wants to discuss virtual church versus physically attending church. Um, and I think that's important to, as the old folks say, sometimes I just came to, to put my eyes on you. Sometimes you need to physically see people, you know, um, just to get your own sense of and if you have the gift of discernment if they're okay if they need anything additional and so when you're having the virtual services there is some things that um that are kind of hindered with that what what does the word say about physically being in fellowship with other believers mom well i would say one of the things that we're talking about for mental health is that we want to offer encourage to each other we want to say we're not clinicians uh we want to uh, offer prayer, but we also want to do what the word says, Hebrews ten and twenty five, of uh, not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Pastor Nicole Harrington, uh, one of my Facebook friends, she said that there's a danger of having virtual church only, and I was like, why is that? You know, what does that mean? And Bishop Howard Handy, he also chimed in and said that we actually need to be in church with one another. Uh, Like you said, Essence, that we should put our eyes on each other. And in the Bible it says we are called to hold fast and grow in faith and that we should make disciples of one another. So when you're going to church, doing a virtual environment, you have to be fully committed that you're going to attend, attend at the service time so you can be engaging with one another, get dressed, don't watch the football game and come back later, get dressed so that you can be engaged with the other members in church. 
Because Bishop Handy also said that uh, Pew Research said that people were not engaged. So we want to be engaged in our service. We want to uh, pray for those people that are affected by mental health. And uh, because we are still in some ways still in the COVID environment, we want to make sure that we are intentional. Yes. And so before you close out with your your verse uh, as a tip for the journey, I would say um, be as connected as you can with the people that you have. See if your church is doing any activities outside of the church where there is allowed for any type of social distancing, distancing, be in prayer. Um, Don't be afraid of therapy. It's not a dirty word. It does work. You have to put in the work for it to work. Our tip for the journey is First Peter 5 and 7. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I am Donica. I'm Essence Monet. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Recapture. We're super excited to continue this discussion next week and hear more feedback from you guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's broadcast. My prayer is that you continue to grow, find peace, forgiveness, knowledge, and information. To learn more or connect with us, visit our website at the PSDiamondCelebration.com. Until next time.